Hello and how are you to a sports lovers out there? My name is Robert Gillette and welcome to conversation number 26 of the Keeping It Real with Robbie podcast where we chat all things from the mental side of sports to stories of laughs and banter whether it's the old pigskin or the old leather ball, we've got you. Today I'm joined by Ross Stone, a mate of mine and a phenomenal human being who has just been selected to go to the Olympics in Tokyo to represent South Africa in water polo. In this chat we explore his Olympic journey, some of the sacrifices it takes to make the Olympics, the pressures, as well as how the whole trial process has matured him. Congrats once again, Ross. Now go enjoy the fun part. I hope you guys enjoy it and let me know what you guys think. Cool. I'm very much looking forward to my, my chat with a mate of mine. Uh, and Ross, I say this person with pride, an Olympian, I really do. Uh, I, I have a screenshot of, um, I was looking through my, my profile the other day, uh, and the first Instagram video that I posted, you commented, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll see you on soon or whatever. So here we are. Uh, and welcome, Bruce. Thanks for, for joining me. I'm really in isolation. Um, and I know we, you're probably not as busy as we usually are because of varsity. Um, it's yeah. Been, um, so, yeah, thanks for joining me, Bruce. I appreciate it. Yeah, what a time. Thanks for having me. Lekker, bro. What, like, what emotions are you feeling at the moment now that the dust has settled? Um, how, what would have been a week ago today? No? How, how many days ago? Yeah, yeah, the announcement was on Thursday, so just short of a week. <clears throat> well, what emotions are you feeling, bro? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, the first couple of days were a bit surreal. Uh, couldn't quite believe believe what happened. Um, but yeah, now that I've taken into mind what, what's happening and a couple of days I'm going to be leaving for Tokyo, it's really, really, truly special. This feeling that I generally can't explain, got no words. Um, uh, once in a lifetime opportunity and yeah, it's finally right in front of me. 21. Yeah. the next Olympics, like. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, but... When when do you guys leave? Uh, we set to fly on the fifteenth of fifteenth of July. Oh wow! So okay. just just over two weeks. And then how long are you guys there for? Uh, so we'll get there. We'll fly the fifteenth, land on the sixteenth, and then we have to like strict isolation for two or three days, like in our rooms in the village. And then um, after that, we can get training and go to pool venues and stuff, and then. Opening ceremony is set to be on the 23rd of July, and then our first game is on the 25th. So we've got a couple of days when we're there to train and mm. get used to jet lag and altitude and whatnot. And how long is the whole game? Like, how, how, how long is um, it? It ends on the 8th of August, but after with COVID regulations. Sorry, what's up? After you boys make the final. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see about that. But um, yeah, the the games ends on the, I think the closing ceremonies on the eighth of eighth of uh, August. Mm-hmm. But you have to leave um, forty eight hours after your last event um, due to COVID. Oh. Um, so we set I think to fly back on on the fifth or sixth of August. So like we'll be there right to the end, just because uh, usually the aquatics and water polo is so long. Mm-hmm. So okay, cool. Yeah. And then, like, through the, I can't even imagine, it must have felt like a dream when you were watching there with your, with, with family and friends, like, live as well. Did, also, first of all, did you guys have any idea, or was it purely on, um, on the news? And then, yeah, just, just maybe how do you reflect on watching it with, like, family and friends? Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, we actually had no idea. So, we all, as well as the public, had no idea. So, I mean, me and you were sitting in the same boat and everyone else watching. So yeah, it was actually really, really tense times, and I think my name came second last. So it was 
proper proper anxiety going on there but um yeah i mean i would love to have all my friends and all my family there but due to covid obviously i have to be quite strict um of who i see and who i don't see and what not um i mean i would have loved to have everyone that's been a part of the process and what not there but for those that were there and the family was there i mean jeez the celebrations are unbelievable i think yeah i think the whole case of beer put on my head but I Great. think I'll get that that clip. It was Logan who, who um, who got yeah, it. yeah. I need to get that clip man, and put it on you. Also, yeah. I, I went no, to special celebrations. We we were watching, or I was just working in my room, uh, and then I found out that you you well, I got a message saying that you like um you made the Olympics. I was like, no way, is that so heat? And then I went on Instagram, obviously, like naturally as we do. Um, and I saw Logan's story and I was just I went to my brother and we were just like it's so special and I can imagine imagine that must have been insane. Yeah. No, like yo, when I saw my name come up there it was it was insane. Before I knew it I had five oaks climbing on me and half a litre of beer poured over me. But yeah, it was just insane. Not the first time Club Clear seen that, eh? <laughs> no. Floors uh, were sticky again. <laughs> um and then Ross like how how long has the Olympic process been? And, and like, how do you even go about getting into trials for the Olympics? Like, you know, because you when I posted that video it was over a year ago, um, coming up to a year and a half. Like, so how long has it, the whole process been? Yeah, I mean, in terms of process of how like getting, yeah, I mean, geez, we could say years of training and whatnot, um, and goals and a lot of training, but. In terms of the actual Olympic process, like we've never we've never really gone. I think we've been once as South Africa back in 1960 or something. Stand to be corrected, but um, only kind of got told a year and a half ago that we'll be going. So that's when training and the whole process really kicked in. Um, a year and a half ago, just grinding, knowing that I could have the opportunity to go back in the day was just yeah. As soon as I heard that, I mean, I put in extra hours and just yeah, continuous work and effort. But yeah, as soon as we heard that we were going, I mean, the whole of the polar community lit up and I think everyone's eyes were opened. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I know some of the sacrifice you had to make, but obviously not all of it. What, what kind of sacrifices like big or small were, were there like that Oaks didn't see behind the scenes that like you genuinely look over like, like a small example like going for beers or whatever you know like something like that um yeah just can you comment on maybe some of the sacrifices that you had to make big or small yeah i mean throughout this process i mean the main factor that i'm sure is very obvious is obviously covid and like the extremes that we had to go through the past year and a half with dealing with olympics and trials and this and i think i've had about 20 covid tests if not more um for training camps and and whatnot and yeah the sacrifices were just insane i mean i couldn't um couldn't go for a casual beer with mates um if i had a camp coming up um couldn't go to parties missed parents birthdays missed families birthdays missed functions uh yeah just because if we had a camp a training camp uh we had to have a, a negative test and just the risk of going out was just was just too much so i mean just staying indoors and seeing close relatives this is about all of it and then yeah i mean certain parties and and whatnot and functions just wasn't on the cards to be honest and was it lonely like that oh, i mean it really it, 
sometimes it did it did get really lonely but i mean you got the backing and support of your mates and family and and whatnot so and at the end it was just about having that goal that all of this could be worth it and here we are i mean it was worth it so yeah, yeah. many other parties and family birthdays and stuff that i missed over the last year that i'll be joining i'm sure next so. year. yeah exactly what like what 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 did an average day look like for you hey like in terms of when you were at your busiest let's say um for for training for the olympics and then what kind of like did you have to meet uh i suppose like uh standards and like with fitness tests and all that yeah i mean with the guys who training at my peak when we were training um for final camps and whatnot and final selection um i was training three times a day every day for probably about three months um with swims in the morning and then um gym in the afternoon and training like actual in the pool with ball work in the evenings i mean gym i was swimming at 4 30 in constantia um virgin so i mean that was four o'clock wake-ups every morning that again comes into the sacrifices i mean if you're waking up at four you she can't go to bed later than nine otherwise you shattered the next day um so yeah i mean training wise it was it was pretty hectic over those past couple months um and what, what was the second half of the question there sorry uh, uh what sort of like fitness test and like standards oh yes yeah we had to obviously meet certain requirements and we'd be sent through a bunch of bunch of swim sets leg sets and like every week um like weekly we'd be sending in our times making sure we we either getting better or maintaining a foot certain fitness level um so yeah, every week we had to meet certain requirements and hand them in and yeah, couldn't couldn't slack off at any at any stage. And what was like the, the bulk of your your training? Like what was for like an Olympian or a water polo player going to the Olympics, what what was like the focus in terms of training? Uh would it be like legs or, or like was it swimming? Yeah, I mean to start off, um it was very much swimming best, just getting that fitness level, um, fitness level going. And then once you reach that certain at certain level where you literally just can't can't get much fitter but you you just maintain it so getting to that highest fitness level that you could and then just swimming as much as you can to stay at that level and then yeah just ball work i mean the more the more you play around the ball the more it becomes muscle memory and yeah the more you, the more you train it just become ha- habits when you're in the pool so yeah. i think just getting around to as much pool time was the main was the main goal yeah and you know you said like waking up 4 30 or 4 o'clock training three times a day what like is it a lifestyle that you kind of um that you enjoyed i mean you know like obviously no one likes getting up at four o'clock and rubber a line so maybe not something as extreme as that but has the lifestyle of training um like basically the preparation for the olympics but like on a lesser scale is it something you've enjoyed and it's saying you it's kind of inherently part of you or have you had to like kind of kick your ass into gear just for the olympics and once olympics is done it's you know back to um not, not training but you know like normal training yeah for sure i mean i've gone through this for a couple of years now i mean training like it didn't just start this year um training for this olympics and this journey um throughout school i mean we've had early mornings not quite four in the morning but waking up before school at six in the morning to go train then having a whole day of school and then a whole day of training and then back to the gym in the evening has kind of been been part of my process through throughout the years but i mean oh, a big wake-up call the last year 
year or two when we heard about this Olympics. I mean, it just, it drove me more as much as it sucked to wake up at four and miss a, miss a few happy hours at Tiger's Milk and Hudson's. Um, it's, yeah, it was just, it was motivating for me. I mean, I hated, hated waking up. I'd wake up, go swim and I'd ride back home before everyone's awake and I'd go back to bed. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a proper process and quite hard to get into, but once you're in a routine and when you've got a goal in front of you, I think it's that much easier. Yeah, I was, was going to ask, like, how much of that was purely motivated by just, well, I suppose it was all motivated by making the Olympics. Um, but yeah, what what kind of emotions, like, I'd love to know, because it's obviously been a year and a half. It's it's like, it's quite a journey. Um, what emotions have did you feel after, like, every cut? You know, like, the first cut, you go, oh, okay, I can make this. I mean, the next one, and until, like, basically when you got announced, like after each cut, how do those emotions differ? Yeah, I mean, the hardest part was obviously the unknown. I mean, you know nothing. <clears throat> All you know is the amount of effort and what you're putting in. And at the trials, you can only feel so confident and know so much. I mean, along the way, after the trials, <clears throat> the cut, you wait two weeks. You don't know if you're going to be in it. It's like it's all unknown to you. So, I mean, my, my big part was just about my hole and just leaving nothing out there and giving them no option not to select me that was my that was my big thing um uh just put it in put it in their hands um so obviously after every cut seeing my name there was a privilege and just pushed me that much harder i mean it went i think from 45 to 30 to final 22 and then on thursday to the final 13 so yeah it really really wasn't easy but every cut got more and more motivated and and when was the when did like the penny drop where you were like I'm in for a shout here like I'm that's a big possibility I'm on the way to to Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, being I think the youngest in the squad um, with a couple of others the same age as me was was tough going in um, for sure. But um, yeah, when I made that final twenty two, knowing that that I'm only nine spots away from jumping on the plane was truly like special i mean special in itself i mean if my name wasn't on that on that live um broadcast i would have been gutted but at the same time like top 22 in the country i would have been happy um but yeah to see my name on that top 13 was yeah was truly honorable yeah and, and i think the next question let's make it twofold like where so what's the process from now to um to the olympic village um, and I forgot the other part, but let's go, let's go. Um, what, yeah, what's the process now for, uh, to the Olympic Village? Yeah, so, I mean, it's actually hell of a tough. Um, you would think we are training as a team and, and doing everything we can to prepare, but unfortunately, Uncle, Uncle Cyril has said no to that, and we're in a bit of a predicament. Um, so, actually, I'm in isolation at the moment until uh, I leave on the 15th of 15th of July and so is everyone else in the squad so I mean you can't have team team trainings uh, I mean we have live zoom calls and whatnot um, but due to COVID the risk the risk is just way too high if we have a pre pre-tournament bubble um, of five days or so then and someone comes in with 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 COVID then we all affected and we can't get on the plane to Japan so 
you know, a big call has been made to to not have a pre-camp and whatnot, but it's it's definitely the safest option. And I think a lot of individuals and athletes, everyone around the world is doing the same. So, yeah, I mean, I'm in isolation, but we still can, can go do our swims and train and hop on the treadmill and row and run and, and whatnot. Um, can go to the pool and you're allowed to do passing and shooting and whatnot. Yeah. Obviously, no physical contact and stuff because you want to, want to lower the chances of that of the COVID. But at the end of the day, yeah, now it's it's quite hard because now until the village, I mean, isolation. And then once we're there, another two, three strict days of isolation. So it's it's not the easiest of processes. Yeah, and, and are you guys isolated separately, obviously? Yeah, yeah. So everyone's doing their own thing. Um, everyone's been, yeah, told to work from home, isolation. Yeah, it's a big process. That's quite interesting. So, guys like got actual jobs, like, um, and are going to the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, a couple of guys in the team do do have um, jobs and are a lot older than myself. But uh, yeah, working from home, online, in isolation, and then doing their training where they can. Wow! And then, what? Who's the oldest guy? Then? Like, how? Not who, but like, how old is he? Um, the oldest guy in our squad is forty-one. Wow. Yeah, he's married, got two kids, bloody bet. Yeah, <laughs> big bet. I, I remember the second fold of that, of that question was, like, where to after this Olympics? Like, what do you, do you carry on with the four o'clock in the morning? Or do you wait until you share with the next Olympics? Like, what? yeah, what, where's your head at? Um, yeah, I mean, when I get back, I'm definitely taking a little bit of a sabbatical. <laughs> um, and I'll yeah. enjoy a couple of cold ones and whatnot. But um, after that, I mean, my goal would be my next goal already in sight is for Paris in 2024. Um, for those Olympics, I mean, then I'll be uh, 2024. And yeah, I mean, I still got a couple of years after that to try and make, try and make a couple Olympics um, if we go and we qualify. Um, but for now, yeah, for now is the focus on, on Japan, but definitely, definitely going to be carrying on and, pushing through yeah you've got no excuse to um not make the olympics in like 2040 that looks 41 you can win. Um, yeah exactly how do you reflect on your, your olympic trial process like obviously it's been tough but how do you reflect <clears throat> yeah i mean as you said it's been hell of a tough um going to camps and training and and just jumping in the pool and doing trials like it's, it's a lot of pressure um on on yourself and yeah just just a lot of pressure in general to to make to make cuts as we was talking about and to make the team but i was super stoked like with all with all my camps um i think yeah our trial started way back a year ago um and yeah you can only as i said like we didn't know a lot so you can only do so much on on actual trials there um but yeah just giving it your all was my main focus did you feel did you feel a lot of pressure and like if so where where did you think that pressure came from um i mean as i said like i'm i'm one of the youngest there so there wasn't that much pressure on me but uh i i do put a lot of pressure on myself um just because i mean i like pressure i I think i thrive under pressure so in terms of pressure it wasn't coming from externalities and friends and family it was more from myself so um 
Yeah. Okay, cool. And then Ross, I know, look, you've been a, I've known you for years and you've always been this, this water polo player. How do you reflect um, on your, your water polo like journey from, from as a child? And then maybe what's like one of your first memories of, of polo? Yeah, I mean, as you know, it started way back, way back in prep school, probably about grade three, where I picked up that that ball and started chucking it around. Um, and yeah, I mean, my first first memories of polo were playing under ten as uh, veteran Peter Woodard as my coach. I mean, with a bunch of oaks that probably wouldn't even know how to throw the water polo ball now. I mean, they just got chucked into the pool and and said, "Yeah, you're playing water polo." And, we actually were unbeaten. We had an insane side. Um, but yeah, those are my first little memories of water polo. And yeah, it was, from there, just just escalated and I loved the game. Brilliant. Ross, let's play a game of who is and why with, yeah, I think we said for the Olympic boys, eh? Yeah. Um, who Who is the comedian? <laughs> uh, I'd probably say Liam Neal's the comedian on our team. I mean, he's always, always taking the bus. Uh, who's the hardest trainer? Um, I'm going to say myself there. Good lad. Who is the hardest shot? Uh, definitely not a Spartanist. I mean, you don't want to get in the way of that thing. Jeez, if, I think if he punched you, you'd, you'd know about it. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Sounds like a hard bloke. Um, yeah. Who's not Orcs? But you guys haven't really been together, have you? Uh, we haven't, but I think I'll... I think our go-to man will be be Yasin Marga. He likes a good track, and I know he's always listening to music. So I think we'll chuck in the speaker. Not you, though. I'm sure they don't want to be listening to like Olivia no. and all those. Girls. No, unless you want to listen to Robbie Williams on repeat, then I'll bet. Sign me up. Uh, um, yeah. Who's your roommate? Oh, you don't have a roommate. Well, you have a roommate at um, Olympics, or you know? Yeah, I mean, once we're there in the village, we'll have a roommate. But I'm not sure who who that is going to be just I, yet. Ideal roommate. Ah, oh, anyone, eh? I'm easy. Uh, we're all a bunch of bunch of close thirteen, so I think we pretty much gonna all be living together. But yeah, we'll see when we're there. Lekker. and then yeah, a word game. So the first like phrase or word that comes to your mind, say it. If it's rude or offensive, we'll cut it out. Um, <laughs> Olympics. Just one word, huh? No, it can be a word or a phrase, but not a sentence. Yeah. Okay. Olympics. Um, village, Bernese. <laughs> you, 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 don't, you don't have to say <laughs> you don't have to say it straight away. You can, you can give it some thought. Um, Club Clear. Jules, beers, champagne. Champagne. Polo. Uh, team, hard work, Olympics. Uh, Bosch. Uh, Jeez, friends, pride, and a big community. Um, your family. Um, legends helped me so much and get me through, get me through all of this. Your why? To be the best. Tokyo. Insane, Conway. It's going to be absolute. Yeah, once in a lifetime experience. Cricket. <laughs> uh, catching Justin Broad in the slips <laughs> next to Robbie G. I knew you were going to say that. 
Uh, I wish we had that on flipping tape. Yeah. That was I mean, a- I think it would have gone down as one of the best catches. It would have gone viral. Like, if you posted on TikTok, probably. Yeah. Straight on to uni, lad. Yeah. Um, cool. Let's do a Q&A, Ross. Uh, there are quite a lot of questions. Somewhere to take out. Um, but I think let's start with this one. Like, who's the best player you've ever played with? Uh, and who's the best coach you've ever um, had the privilege of coaching you? Um, I think in terms of player, like throughout school, I'd probably say, um, Jono, Jono Swanepoel, I mean, he's, he's been my training partner and like that I played through school and just helped me, helped me be the best I could be and assisting and whatnot. And in terms of like the bigger picture, I'd say a guy named Miche from Croatia, he, he's a buddy vet and he came down to, to run the wash and coached with coach for two years or so. I mean, we were playing with him and in club, <clears throat> yeah, he was insane. Learned a lot from him. Um, who, who, where does your polo inspiration come from? Um, sure. I mean, to be honest, as I said, when I started back in grade three or four, whatever, the reason I was playing was just because I think my brother was playing it. I mean, he was, he was in grade seven um, and I, I was like, Every time he was training, like with the first team, I'd just jump in as like this grade three or four and I'd be like, who the f- who, who's this like? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, who's this like? They were, so I just, yeah, back from then, that's the reason I played. And then, yeah, from there, it just escalated. That's that's the right answer because you sent it in. Um, what's, what, have you, uh, what have been your top three moments of your polo career so far? Sure. Um, it's been a couple, but I would say my top three would probably be in the trick um, night series game. I think I think you may have landed up in the water in your uniform that day. But um, yeah, I mean, I think we were three goals down to Bishops, um, having not lost before, um, with about two minutes to go, and yeah, we ended up ended up taking taking three goals and taking it to penalties with like literally one minute to go and you had two goals. Don't know how, but we scored them and ended up winning. So that was quite insane. And then I'd say at under 20 World Cup um, in Q8, when we when we beat Brazil, the first time we'd beaten Brazil at under 20s, I stand to be corrected. But yeah, that was insane. Last, also last, last couple seconds victory, yeah, it was special. And then thirdly, I'd probably say watching that live broadcast, seeing my name there the other day. Okay, oh, cool, cool. What has the step up been from high school into the national setup? Yeah, to be honest, it's it actually is very big. I didn't think it was going to be. I thought I'd I'd be able to to hop on the bandwagon and just get along with it, but. In terms of playing style, like you really do have to mature and you can't just be so erratic and free flowing like you are at school. Um, just because when you get to the national setup and everything, there, there is not really a weakest link. Everyone, everyone's strong. So you kind of got to you got to be more mature and play play a different game and just adapt. I mean, I think the big thing is adapting to to the style of style of polo once you leave school. But but if you if you commit to, as I said, commit to adapting and to a little bit of change in your game, then then it's sorted. That, that's quite a, a quite an interesting thing you, you touched on there um, about maturing. Do you think this 
like um, Olympic trials and this process has matured you in some way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and in terms of like how, like how is it matured? Uh, matured, matured yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, being there as the youngest, seeing like all these seniors definitely, definitely helps. I mean, in, in the sense of maturing and the way I play and just, just even out the pool, I mean, seeing the things they do and the things they say to you, they're all, all great leaders in their souls. Um, and obviously experience, you can't, you can't buy experience. I mean, just, just hanging around them just helps, helps that much. Um, and in terms of how it's just, yeah, as I said, in the pool, it can really help. I mean, adapting to certain game styles and, and just playing under them is quite nice. And just out of the pool as well, just, yeah. just becoming more mature in the sense of just understanding life after like experienced, experienced guys like that. I mean, 41 year olds that have been through a lot more than I have. So, I mean, just taking, taking tips and whatnot where you can. Yeah, no, for sure. I can imagine my so mature, like, I think even in the sense of just creating or teaching you routine and, and like, I think what, what I've realized is um, like the more you consistent, the more shit falls. In place. Like that's when things start happening and, 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 you know, like you can get on with things properly and you get the ball rolling. Um, so yeah, that, sure, yeah. No, that's, that's insane. Um, uh, yeah. How, how much inf- inspiration did you draw from Charlie Thornton? Dib? <laughs> Charlie, I mean, uh, I arrived quite late to Steelys in in his career. I think I was played with him for a year, but yeah, what a legend! <laughs> I think he, yeah, because I think I broke his bucky after our, one of our fine sessions. I don't think he's too stoked about that. But in terms of playing with him, yeah, proper legend and proper clear so. Will anything be more iconic than the forty meter drop goal that won the, uh, the trophy for the Nados? <laughs> I don't know I don't why they said so, 40 meters is it about like maybe 10 meters out or something uh, I think 45 I was mistaken then <laughs> wasn't it like 63 or something <laughs> yeah no I mean yeah that was special yeah. I think I think I had as much if not more beer that night than Thursday <laughs> how much uh, how, how do you think the law robot specials helped you to get to where you are now Sure, that's a great question. Probably um, like the way not to do it, eh? Like how not to get it. Probably the way not to do it, but we do it. So um, as long as you're downing the orange first and then sipping on the other two, I think you, you're in for a good time. Well, like as the night goes on, just ditch the orange. Like. <laughs> yeah, straight, straight down. Um, having done all the Olympic camps and been through such rigorous training, vigorous, I don't know, rigorous, I don't know. Um, do what you want. Yeah. How have you managed to maintain such a B-Tech rig? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of, a, a lot, of, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, a lot of training, a lot of drinking, a lot of eating. Yeah. So, I mean, everything in, a little, everything in a little bit of balance, huh? <laughs> and then, are you an ace cuff? I don't even know what that is, but yeah. That's definitely Richie Burger, but yeah, yeah I'm an ace cuff, really. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Ross, Bru, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's actually, it's been such a cool chat uh, and just to get your, um, like your perspectives and your, your journey has been flipping awesome. Um, and for me, even to understand just as a mace of yours, to understand the sacrifice and, and what you've been through, 
And yeah, bro, now it's time for the, the exciting parts, hey? Like, surely yeah. you guys are just flipping buzzing. I'm buzzing to watch, bro. I'm going to um, have a lot of beer, a lot of beer. Um, and yeah, I'll just be in your corner and I, and I can't wait, bro. So well done. And again, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, bro. Firstly, thanks. Thanks for having me on, yeah? What a privilege. And so lucky to chat with you. And yeah, I mean, it was proper, super excited to chat with you tonight. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of the Olympics, I'm super stoked. I can't wait. I just want to get out of this flipping isolation and hop on the plane. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the time difference that side is quite big. So I think our first three games are like three in the morning in South Africa time. So best you have a lot of beers and oh, posties and then you can watch us. Last time I was at Club Clear, I think I went to bed at like quarter past five. So I think we'll be good, bro. I think you'll be sorted, yeah. I don't think we're going to have a problem there.